Hi, everybody. It's a beautiful day here at the Get It Together podcast. Really excited to dive into today's topic with you all. So this episode is actually, I think it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite, but it's uh, how to deal with conflict at work. You know, we've all been there, done that, where there's someone, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your coworker, and like, it's just not working out, right? Like, there's just something off with the relationship. So um, I called up a friend of mine who I've actually known for years, Angela Mayhew, and she just has so much great experience to share. So her and I are going to dive in and really tackle this topic. How to deal with conflict at work. We have Angela Mayhew, who's the senior recruiter at Fab Fit Fun. And if you guys are like me, you've seen Fab Fit Fun everywhere, especially all over Instagram with some of the bachelor faves. So, Angela, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah. And so, tell everyone listening, just in case they don't know, what Fab Fit Fun is and what your job is like there. Sure. So FabFitFun is a woman's lifestyle subscription box. So it's everything, you know, like the title says, that it brings fab, fit, and fun to your life. And overall, we're really excited to bring happiness to our subscribers. So everything from fashion, fitness, home, beauty, health. It's a quarterly subscription box. Comes four times a year, fall, spring, summer, and winter. If you're interested in subscribing to FabFitFun, you can go to FabFitFun.com. And we are located in West Hollywood. So when I joined in 2016, there was about October 2016, there was about 50 employees. And now we are at close to 250 employees. So wow. a lot of growth. We've tripled in size in 2017. We're oh, hoping to goodness. double again and in 2018. And you've been there for that growth. So yeah. You've seen it. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes, yeah, so exciting. And even beyond what we're most known for, which is the subscription box, we've been able to do so much more within the lifestyle space. We have FabFitFun TV, which is an online digital streaming service for our subscribers that have fitness videos, DIY videos, cooking videos with the housewives, and a lot of other cool uh, extra sales that the subscribers are able to take part of. So a lot going on in the lifestyle space. That's so cool. It definitely sounds Sounds like a dream job. In fact, our intern Lauren is here. Say hi. Say, I'm like, say hi, Lauren. Hi, I'm Lauren, the intern, <laughs> intern queen. Yeah, and it was funny. Lauren walked into the studio and we introduced her. And I had said right before we came, I was like, hmm, this could be a good summer internship for you. So we're just making connections here left and right. But um, I definitely think FabFitFun is a dream job. And just before we dive into it, one of my off-topic uh, questions was, of course, have you met the people from The Bachelor and The Real Housewives? <laughs> and you said yes. You've met yes. some of them. I rem- Well, it's funny because all of us, too, are such big fans of you know the space and The Housewives and uh, The Bachelor contestants. And I remember Corinne came to the office one day, and <laughs> they put it out in Slack, like, oh, like Corinne's coming. And everyone like freaked out and was like so excited and wanted to see her. I've seen Lisa Rinna at the office, uh, a whole bunch of different types of contestants and Bravo celebrities. That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. it's so much fun. Such an exciting environment. That That's great. And um, so going into our topic for today, our topic is handling conflict in the workplace. And as I said, I think everybody deals with it in, in one way or another. And Angela, I'm interested to get your personal perspective, your HR expert perspective, and just really dive in. Um, one interesting stat that um, our producer Marisol, thank you Marisol, um, pulled up earlier was she said that... Um, 
this is a study with uh, Entrepreneur. Yes, this is a study that was featured um, on one of the Entrepreneur Magazine blogs. And they found, this is back in 2008, that U.S. employees spent 2.8 hours per week dealing with conflict. It's kind of crazy that people are spending you know, almost three hours a week dealing with conflict, which amounts to 359 billion in paid hours. Wow. So that's how much time people are taking to to deal with conflict, um, which is which is kind of nuts. And it just goes to show that everybody deals with this in one way or another. Um Personally, I was trying to think about my first job after college, which was at a talent agency, and I actually dealt with some conflict with my boss. And it may have been conflict that was made up in my head, but I really thought that she hated me. And I thought she was so cool, and I didn't want her to hate me. And I was not very good at my job. I was an assistant. It was my first job out of college. And I remember the way I dealt with it, which thinking back, like, ah, oh, kind of embarrassing, <laughs> is I, I was so sick of being so nervous at work and feeling mm-hmm. like I was walking on eggshells every day that one weekend I drove to her house in the Palisades and I texted her and I was like, I have to meet you for coffee on a Saturday, like one of the Just busiest like, like talent surprise, agents. Like, yeah. And I was like, I have to come and see you. And I drove down on a Saturday and I sat with her at Starbucks and I just said, I just put it out there and I said, I really like working for you. I'm so happy to be here. I kept it really positive. And I said, but I feel like I'm going to get fired every single day. And I just kind of wanted to ask you if that's the case because you know my I I don't think I can I can handle this anymore and she was so reassuring she told me that you know it happens to everybody and I was so glad that I I dealt with it and sort of faced it head on and just put it out there and asked basically am I getting fired (laughs) because I was so nervous and it really was an unhealthy lifestyle looking back Um, and then you know as we continue the conversation I know I have have plenty of stories to share from my experiences on the other side as a boss at Intern Mm -hmm. Queen but um, what about you I mean is conflict at work something that you dealt with personally before you were in this position? 100%. And on both sides as well, not only just myself dealing with conflict, whether it be with colleagues or vendors or even with a boss, but also a lot of people coming to me for advice uh, and like in an HR perspective, uh, whether it's like interns or people that I've helped hire to work at companies um, that wanted advice on how to deal with conflict. And not only, too, I think it happens a lot throughout different stages of our life, especially as technology and social media and communication is really changing. So it's not beyond college students. I think it's something even in like your 20s, your 30s, you're going to be dealing with. So I thought like, oh, like when you're entering your 30s, this is something that we're not going to be dealing with anymore because people are mature and that might not always be the case. So yes, I've dealt with it a bunch and excited to talk about the topic. So we found this interesting article on the Forbes website, and it was about how people are really the cause of conflict at work, that people are to blame. And I thought that was interesting and kind of partly true uh, Mm -hmm. from my experiences as an executive, as an employer, as a business owner. I think people are a part of it. You know, bad personalities are are or bad attitudes are hard to deal with, mm-hmm. regardless. But I also think that the company has to take some responsibility. I know at Intern Queen, because we're a small company, like Fat Fit Fun was and now is much bigger. Um, 
you know, lack of hierarchy, lack of structure, lack of uh, something that we fixed earlier this year was just having really clear roles and responsibilities for every single position at the company. So Mm -hmm. I think those are things that maybe contributed to chaos and conflict. And again, maybe we didn't realize it at the time, but it did. What do you think? Are, Are people to blame I yes, I would say that is like a large part of it. Uh, yes, there will always be something company wide. Like maybe there isn't structure or isn't something. But I feel like we are so in our heads with everything. There is also a lot going on with social media and posting and people just having this idea in their head of how someone is. So I think that also on the flip side to help solve it, it really is on the people as well, just learning to be more self-aware, learning about different lifestyles. Like I'm a huge fan of love languages, not only in like personal relationships, but 100% in work relationships as well. And that's something that's really, I think, helped elevate my team that I've been working with and just really getting to know the other person and always realizing communication and working with people is a two-way street. You might be getting upset with someone, be like, they're not listening to me and they're not doing this. But on the flip side, you have to think back to yourself, well, what aren't you doing? If they're not listening and maybe you're getting that feedback, or like, oh, so like Lauren and Marisol aren't listening to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you saying? Maybe you need to fix your message first to get your message better across to that person. It may not be them not listening. They're just not hearing you in the way you have to like rebrand how you're messaging it. And something that I'm curious about is as, you know, someone who's in the HR world, right? And you mm-hmm. work at this company with, you said there's 250 people there now. Yeah. When there's conflict, oftentimes there's drama, right? Some good old <laughs> drama at work. How do you not get involved with it? Like, how do you hear it? Because in a way that's sort of your job, right? Is mm-hmm. to hear what's happening, but not get sucked into it. it I mean, I'm going it, to, it's hard. It's really hard because it's very, you know, at FabFitFun, it's a lot of females. It's a lot of mm-hmm. girls the same age. Uh, it's a lot of people that are interested in the same things and working so closely together that it's very natural to happen. Also, as well, I think there has to be a discussion, too, about when you're working in such a small environment, everyone thinks they have to be best friends with everyone. And a lot of times you are, like, really good friends with your coworkers. That's who you're spending time with. But when it's, like, after hours as well, it's just learning to have those boundaries that you have with people. Because let's say you have a perfect working relationship, then you start being friends outside of work and something happens that will deteriorate your working relationship, well, that was fine and it was something personal. So it's like learning to have those boundaries as well. So I think that's what's been able to help me with friends in the office and just Mm -hmm. dealing with any drama or conflict. And just a lot of time, too, it's really listening and just having them say back, like, what's going on with them. And like, well, I think what you're saying is X, Y, Z. And they're like, well, no, like, actually, that's not it. And I think it's trying to just, like, bring that person down a little bit. Because when work drama happens, people are very, like, emotional. Whether like, right. oh, my God, this happened. And they're, yeah. they're crying. They're angry. They're yelling. They're fuming. So I think it's just, like, getting someone back to, like, a normal heart rate and just being like, okay, well, I think this is what you're saying. And she's like, oh, well, that's not what I thought. And so I think it's just trying to get people down a peg. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I, I agree with all that. And um, so let's kind of go over, I guess, so there's, there's coworker versus coworker, right? Yeah. When two people in the office that are, you know, maybe they're at the same level, maybe they're not, but they're not getting along. Mm-hmm. And then there's team member manager or team mm-hmm. member boss, and those people aren't getting along. So 
How do the situations differ in terms of your advice? Like if I'm, you know, if you're talking to someone who says I have a problem with my boss, what is your advice for that person versus your advice for I have a conflict with, you know, someone who's my equal at work? So I think with the boss, overall, there should be respect for both parties. But I do think there has to be a little bit more guided approach or respect when connecting with your boss. You know, your boss is not your peer. So if you're going to them with a problem like, hey, I have a problem with how you're talking to me, that's not appropriate Mm -hmm. when you're talking to like your boss and your leader. And sometimes they're going to have feedback for how they want you to do something and you might not agree or you have questions like, am I getting fired? I think you hate me. Um, So it's just trying to be even that much more professional if you can when just preparing to have that discussion with them. Maybe that is a planned conversation. Maybe it's not. But if that one could be planned and just making sure you let them know, like, I respect what you're saying. You're my boss. You're my leader. If you want me to do something this way, I definitely will. But I wanted to see if I could bring up you know, another idea. Or if there is conflict, like I was wondering if I could speak with you in our next one-on-one about this. I think timeliness is always key too. So bringing something up uh, when it occurs. I feel like sometimes when you're talking with someone and there is a conflict, like, well, give me some examples. And like, well, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. So it is when you're bringing something like, well, so this is an example of when you shoot down an idea that I thought was good or that I think you hate me because you're not listening. And um, so I think having that a little bit more respect and knowing that you might not get the end result of you doing something a certain way with your boss or they have other things going on as well. And then when working with the colleague, I think there could be some other opportunities for like picking and choosing your battles or uh, that could be more off the cuff or, hey, did you know when you did this that like hurt my feelings? And uh, sometimes you might not want to tell your boss like you hurt my feelings. It might be another way to like showcase that. Yeah, some things that we've um things that we've dealt with in the office uh when it's when it's coworker to manager. We've had some issues with team members coming straight to me. I'm the mm-hmm. CEO. And I think by doing that, they don't realize it, but I think um sometimes their managers feel a little like um like the team member was going around them a little bit and totally. that can lead to some awkwardness. So I always say like follow the chain of command. If you go to your manager, have a conversation with them, you know, respect sort of their position and their place in the company, but if you feel like you're not getting the result that you need, then come and talk to me. Um, Marisol was telling me that one of the studies she was reading talks about, um, they kind of, they called it the rip the bandaid approach. But again, in one of these studies, they had two people that were in a conflict. They went into the boss's office and they weren't allowed to state their feelings until they stated what the other person felt, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And I now that I think about it, I don't really know why they're calling it rip off the bandaid. It doesn't really sound like the, the right <laughs> thing to call it. But just this idea of before you go on and complain until who knows when, you need to state the perspective of your colleague. And I thought that's really interesting. We talk a lot at Intern Queen about how just information is lost in translation. And I could say something a thousand times, but different people are going to perceive it differently. Mm -hmm. So I do think that's a, like, I want to use that. I think that's a good exercise. What do you think about that? A hundred percent. That's something that happened to me in a previous workplace as well when I was having a conflict with a colleague. And I think my boss inadvertently, it got to a point where we both had talked to like the boss like together and it was a very similar exercise. And when you're vocalizing 
I perceive that you're having this problem with me or how I'm doing something. And she's just like, no, actually, that's not it at all. So it just really keeps everything very authentic and out there because I feel like we're very like in our heads a lot. We're just creating this narrative. Oh, she doesn't like how I'm doing something and now she hates me and this is happening and now it's going to affect everything and when it might not even be the case at all. What if you have two people, they're on the same team, you know, regardless of position, and they just cannot come to an agreement? Like, at what point do you say, I'm so unhappy, I cannot get along with this person, it's causing a major problem at work? Mm -hmm. At what point do you kind of go to the next level? Because I think a lot of people are scared, right? They don't want to be the person that's associated with conflict, so they don't go upstairs, right? They don't bring it up a level. That's, again, it's difficult. I think if you're coming from a place where you want to try to improve it or just recognizing that the, there is a problem, I think whoever you're going to is going to appreciate that. And it's trying to not be so one-sided. So if you are having that big of an issue with someone, it's either going to the next level manager or someone like a mentor that you trust at the company. Hey, this has gotten to another level. I've tried speaking with her or him, like one-on-one, I want to make this better. You know, I realize I'm not perfect. The situation's not perfect. Like, how would you recommend we go about it so at the end of the day we can all just be productive? So I think if you're asking for assistance instead of just going and complaining, hey, like, I don't want to work with this person anymore. Sorry. It's like, it's me or him. Um, So if just coming out, like, I would like to, I want to fix this. Do you have any ideas to remedy it and see what they say. Using the advice card. I like that. Do you have any advice on how I can rectify the situation? I love that. And then I feel like there's a lot of people that, maybe not a lot, but that work for companies, small companies, and the the conflict is with with the CEO of the company. It's the boss, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't know that I've been in this situation, but maybe I have. I've definitely had people quit. I've had to fire people, all of those things. Like, I guess if you have a conflict with the, the the head of the company, right, or maybe it's a small company and that's your direct boss, at what point do you say, this isn't for me and maybe I need to leave? If it's affecting your personal life, I would for sure think that that might be an area or a step to recognize like, okay, this like we were saying, might not be for me, where maybe other people are commenting on it, like maybe a friend, a family member notices a change of like, hey, like you don't seem like yourself or it seems like work is like really taking a toll on you. Um, do you want to talk about it or have you ever thought about looking into other things? And it's it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to take in. And sometimes, too, before you're making any harsh decisions of, OK, I'm going to start looking for a new job, maybe, again, it's trying to ask for advice, have those tough conversations, having radical candor with someone. Also, too, taking a break uh, in terms of taking a day off or maybe taking a long weekend and trying to reset and see if you're feeling the same way. Maybe you just needed a little R&R. And if it's something more than that, then it's, you know what, this isn't the environment for me. And, And it shouldn't be looked at as a bad thing, like, oh, wow, like I failed. This isn't a good environment for me. It's your learn. Every no is one step closer to the yes. So if you're, Absolutely. In, if you're in an environment, you're like, okay, I don't like how small this is, or I want something more collaborative. And you're recognizing, okay, this current position I'm in, this isn't what I want. So when you're interviewing for other companies, you can dig a little bit deeper with HR and the hiring manager to see if that environment is 
reciprocates what you were just coming from or is something that you would want to be going towards. Yeah. And I think you're totally right. Like it's either a fit or it's not. And, and that's just OK. Because, right. Just because it's not a fit doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It just means there's like you said, you're one step closer to finding what is the best fit for you. So um, random question. Do you watch Silicon Valley? I've only watched the first season. Gabe, do you watch it? Because this week um, they talked about Radical Candor. It was like a whole thing. That was funny. Have you read the book, Radical Candor? No. It's the best like new HR book really? out there. Oh yeah. my gosh. Because I, I feel like own. that's something that I have a problem with is giving Radical Candor. Because sometimes I feel like I feel too much. Like, oh, I feel bad. I don't want to tell her she did this thing wrong. But by doing that, you're just hurting someone more because they don't know and they're not learning. So there's this quadrant of giving radical candor, not being like too nice and ignoring like, oh, like I'm just not going to say anything or being like aggressive. Be like, yo, like you did this wrong, like and being really mean and just trying to find a way of being radical and candor. Just like, hey, like this wasn't correct do you want me to show you how to do something? Would you like to try again? Or just a very professional, like, learning way because being aggressive and not telling someone isn't going to help the situation either. So what about total don'ts, things that you do not do when there's a conflict at work? I know I said don't shout it out across the room. Yeah. Don't gossip. Don't make it everyone else's problem. Exactly. Like, keep it between you and the other person because if you start talking about it with other individuals, it's just going to get bigger and something that it doesn't need to be. Uh, also, I would assume this doesn't have to be said, but I, you never know <laughs> these days. You know, don't blast it on social media either. Like if you're on Twitter and you see a funny meme about like not liking your coworker, be like, oh, I know what this is like and like retweeting that or commenting on memes like that. So just don't bring attention to it in that manner, even if you're not like direct tagging like someone who's it about. Um Try your best to not be passive aggressive. Like really, if you're sending a message to someone, whether it be a text, an email, a Slack, uh, and it's you're working through conflict or you've had conflict and now you're trying to go through to the next like project and reread it, have someone like look over your shoulder to reread it as well. Like, hey, how's the tone of this email? Is this too much? I do that a lot, just having someone reread because I used to work in sales. So sometimes I think my emails are too aggressive. Um, so having someone reread it or just waiting to help hour. you soften it up. That's interesting yeah. that you say that. I think tone in an email, we did a blog about this years ago, just like how to how to avoid sending a passive aggressive email, I think was the title of the blog. But some emails do come across so short. And I've had to talk to my team members about just adding something at the beginning, like hope you're well, right? Just something to kind of soften it up before you go in for that direct ask. But I think um, I think that's a great point. I, I was just reading some of our studies here and there's this, um, there's an author, uh, Terry Sember, who wrote Bad Apples. It's a book on uh, how to manage difficult employees, encourage good ones to stay and boost productivity. And um, the subject here is that um, you know, could it be possible to identify that one person who does like cause all the conflict at work uh, before they even get hired? Are there questions that we can be asking in the interview process? And some of the suggested questions here are, why'd you leave your last job? Why'd you leave the job before that? How did that other job end? How do you get along with your coworkers? It's interesting because I spend so much of, um, I spend so much of new team member interviews uh, or potential candidate interviews asking questions about the position. But Mm -hmm. that's advice that I should take is asking about 
job history and also how they get along with people. Describing an example, I think you mentioned earlier, of how to manage conflict or how Mm -hmm. they manage conflict. It's interesting. 100%. Those are great questions. Um, And then uh, this the same author is always saying is also saying beware of excuses that employees might give like well they don't like me because they don't understand me or there's someone at the company who has it in for me um this author says that you should really dig a little deeper that those aren't those are kind of red flags and those aren't real problems there's probably a deeper seated issue so i guess it's up to people like you and then me and my company uh, because we're not there yet we don't have an hr director one day um but i guess it's up to us to ask those questions and really try to understand the problem Mm -hmm. 100 percent. like how like why do you feel that way or has something happened recently that makes you feel like I have it in for you or that person has it in for you. So another topic I wanted to talk about, and I, you know, true confessions of an intern queen here, think I might be guilty of this recently. But um, they say that one of they say a primary cause of workplace conflict is, of course, related to personality clashes, but followed by stress and workload. And At my company right now, it is the end of the school year, and it is our busiest time, and it's it's stressful, right? It is, and um, you know, you try to you try a lot of techniques to not feel stressed and feel overwhelmed. But I I do agree that when things are stressful and then conflict happens, it's like the worst, right? Because then you really don't have time to deal with it. So. I guess my question for you is like, do you have any tips on, I guess, how to how to manage it all? Like you work at a company that's very fast paced. So how do you mm. advise some of the team leaders and team members so that they're not turning into crazy people when conflict happens? Because it will, you 100%. know, even when they're stressed. Well, I think one is to take a step back, and I tell this to everyone, that, you know, we're not solving cancer. We're not sending spaceships to Mars. Right. Like we it's, are, it's fun subscription yeah, boxes, we right? Are and we're internships, yeah. to subscribers. So when things are getting, like, to that emotional, that crazy, like, oh, my God, we're never going to get this done. What are we going to do? This person's not doing this. It's like, hey, like— Let's just take a step back and not take ourselves too seriously sometimes. Like, yes, we have deadlines. Yes, there's sometimes money-related or projects or relationships. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's internships. It's a woman's lifestyle box. So just try not to take yourself too seriously. And as crazy as it sounds, really taking a break. Like, you guys, you know what? Like, let's all just go to Starbucks, go to Alfred's. Let's go get coffee. And that taking a break, caffeinating, kind of taking a step back, the ROI of that instead of just trying to push forward and grinding and everyone's getting further frustrated or maybe they're hungry or maybe they just need like a mental health break. I think implementing those is very key and delegating. All the time we think that we have to be the ones doing something like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do all the steps. Well, now, like, see what happens when you give it to someone else to run with it. Like, you only have two hands. There's only 24 hours in a day. You should sleep, all those things. So just trying to delegate, taking breaks, and remember to not take yourself so seriously. I like that. And um, I was 
reading this uh, article from Forbes by Mike Myatt, who's the chairman at uh, N2 Growth and, and writes a lot of content for them. And he said, I like this part of his article. He said, leadership is a full contact sport. And if you cannot or will not address conflict in a healthy, productive fashion, then you should not be in a leadership role. Um, and then he says, don't fear conflict. Embrace it. It's your job. And I really like that. I mean, I if there's an issue, there's definitely days where I'm I'll say to myself, I don't want to deal with that today. I don't want to call that person. I don't want to have that conversation. Like, oh, all right? the time. We all do that. But I do try to kind of kick myself in the behind and say, you know, get it together, Lauren. This is your job. You have to deal with this because if you don't say something, it's just going to compound and it's going to turn into a bigger issue than it is. Is that, I mean, do you have that same perspective to your managers at work that they need to step up and if there's a problem on their team, they need to address it? I completely agree. A lot of times, like one of the phrases I say, strength is in the struggle. You're going to be such a better leader and manager dealing with these problems or if this is the first time they're dealing with them, learning how, because if it's it's the first. I'm sure it won't be the last. Like this, all for all of us. I'm assuming this, whether it's intern queen, fab fit fun, or where these people are at now, it's not going to be their only job they ever have. Um, so it's going to be having these learning lessons for their next job. That's going to make it so much easier, as well as with um, you know dealing with the conflict head on instead of just letting it go. They're going to feel so much better. This is going to make them an even better manager or leader. It's not going to be the first time or the last time that this is going to happen. And it's only the ROI of them dealing with it is going to be head on is going to be much greater than if they just let it fester. Absolutely. And then I just want to run through um, from U.S. News. They had an article uh, by Jessica Harper, um, and it was 10 tips for tackling the toughest workplace conflicts. Now, I'll just read through these quickly, and then you and I can kind of weigh in on what we agree with, what we don't agree with. So there are 10 tips for tackling the toughest workplace conflicts. One, tackle the issue after both parties have calmed down. You and I talked about that today. Maintain a positive outlook, you know, going in with positive energy. Again, I think we touched on that a little bit. Practicing active listening um, and just hearing the other person out first before you just dive into complaint city, if we could call it. Um, Asking the other person to suggest a solution. That's interesting. And I I think this is probably peer-to-peer conflicts. Mm -hmm. Um, The example they give here is maybe your cubicles may... Maybe your cubicle mate's excessive personal calls are really starting to get under your skin. Um, Rather than tell them off, consider addressing the issue at a time when you're both relaxed and ask if they have any ideas to solve the problem. So, okay, I get that. Um, Let's see. uh, Consider your role in the conflict. Um, Organize a staff meeting that probably if if you need to, um, you know, try to be the first to understand, acknowledge others, alert alert human resources and be introspective. And again, try to see like how you can plan better for the future and just ask yourself questions. You know, what triggered me here? Do I tend to react this way, et cetera? Now, a question I have for you off the bat is this alert human resources, because in a way you're human resources. So. We talked about this a little bit before, too, but like when do you like people to bring the problem to you versus when when are you kind of like figured out yourselves, people? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if just making sure they've talked to the other party or they've talked to their manager and seeing if they were able to get any solutions, any feedback from that and it still fits 
if it really seems like it's inappropriate, it's affecting your ability to work, your the stability of your job, personal life, then that's something that you should go to HR. Or if it's your personal manager and you feel like you can't go to someone else after you've talked to them, then going to HR to see if they have any you know, solutions. But I think overall, too, because uh, I liked the idea about um, – the advice part, I think it's always best to be solutions oriented, mm-hmm. even if you are going to your manager or your boss instead of, again, complaint city of like this person's not like doing this or they don't like me. And I'm um, just trying to be more solution minded, like, hey, this is happening. I thought about doing this. I thought about doing that. Like, what is your take? I agree. Or I'm like at a loss. Like, I yeah. really thought about what to do. I don't know what to do. I agree. I think coming to the table solution-oriented is so important, especially if the problems are a little bit more personal than professional, because I've had team members come to me, and sometimes my response is kind of like, how can I help, (laughs) right? What can I do for you in this situation? Being that I'm not your friend, I'm not your mom, I'm not your, your... I'm your mentor, but like in this direct conversation, I'm I'm the CEO mm-hmm. of the company. You know, how can I help you? Like, what can I do? So I agree. I think really thinking through the solutions and some possible things that could help to rectify the situation. I think that's a great way to um to make it work. Um, let's get some questions in here. Um, we're lucky we have Lauren in our in our studio audience today. <laughs> and um, Lauren, I'm excited to hear, uh, just based on listening to this conversation, if you have any questions for Angela, and then we'll hit the phones. Yes, I do. So I know that conflict in the workplace is such a big issue. Um, I'm currently applying to internships and hopefully jobs next year when I graduate. And It's such a big issue that I actually got asked the question, how have you handled conflict at work? And I was a little bit unsure of what to say because I've had the privilege of working at Intern Queen where I really have not experienced conflict. It's a great environment to work and I love it. So I was just wondering what would be a good way to answer that question and to still sound like a good applicant and a good candidate for the job? Of course, of course. And so I think answering that question with, you know, talking a little bit about your current experience, while I haven't seen too much conflict myself in my previous internship, you can use other examples of uh, in the classroom, working on group projects, any other campus or college activities, any part-time jobs that you might have had. And if you're still unable to, you know, pull an example from that, uh, maybe even using an example of something you've witnessed and advice that you'd given, because that's still showing that you've witnessed this sort of conflict and you know that the proper steps to address it. So saying, well, one time when I was a camp counselor and I was dealing with two um, students that were having an issue, I was able to do X, Y, and Z to help them resolve the conflict. So that's an area of an example that I've had with conflict in a setting. Thank you. That's really helpful. Okay. And I've just based off of Lauren's question. So while Lauren hasn't experienced any conflict at work, I'm sure I wish I could say this wasn't the case, but I would bet she's seen some conflict around her at work, right? Even at even at Intern Queen, right? We're not perfect. So um, could she say, if, if you're asked that in an interview, could she also say, you know, I'm very lucky that you know, I work at a great company. I haven't personally experienced any of this. However, I've certainly seen it or overheard certain conversations between, you know, other team members and and kind of talk about it that way. Would Completely. that be appropriate? I think that would 
very much be appropriate in just addressing, you know, overseeing this. I would be able to use, you know, active listening, communication, talking it out. Those are some good, yeah, some good words. Yeah. So adding those in as well. I like it. Thank you. Great. And then any other questions, Lauren? I don't think so. Perfect. And uh, Gabe, we're going to call Steffi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. So if you want to kind of lead in, introduce yourself and um, go for it. Awesome. So hi, my name is Estefi Herrera um, and I'm currently a second year student at Georgia College, which is in Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, And really right now I've had a couple internships and stuff that have to do with um, PR and marketing um, and radio. Um, so basically, I just had a couple questions about um, what it's like from an intern standpoint and how to deal with um, conflict in certain ways because sometimes you can be considered um, like on the lowest level because you're an intern, if that makes sense. Completely. That makes sense. Um, so conflict at any level is not ideal or fun. So I'm sure that's even much more stressful as an intern when you're dealing with conflict, Mm -hmm. especially depending on the internship logistics. Maybe you're just there for the summer. Maybe you're there during the school year, but only two days a week. So I think it's really figuring out and trying to work closely with your direct boss, whether that's um, a leader on the team or a hiring manager, and just seeing what you can do to talk things out a little bit. Or maybe it is coming in, going above and beyond to come in at another time if you only have a limited time to speak uh, during your internship and it's always busy and it's like taking that time outside of that to come on another day to like, hey, I was wondering if I could set up like a one-on-one with you to go over these things. And they might not even realize that these issues are occurring. Uh, And it's trying to ask those questions, too, when you're interviewing uh, for an internship. Has this team or company hosted an internship before? This might be their first time having an intern, so they might not know how to uh, treat conflict or even communication or um, things going on uh, different from a full-time employee to an intern. They just assume it's different, and it might be for them to recognize, too, like, oh, yeah, like, this is an intern. They're only here a couple days a week, or their, you know, buy-in might be a little different. This isn't their full-time job. Their full-time job is school. So I think it's Mm -hmm. trying to uh, see, read the room a little bit and seeing what internship experience they've had in the past with ho- hosting interns and seeing who you might be able to connect with. Even if it's someone that you know that is pre- was previously an intern at the company that now works there full time or even confiding in another intern, uh, if there is another intern there to see if they might be feeling the same way and how you might be able to work together with them. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And then something that I know we've been guilty of at Intern Queen is sometimes we forget that you are in college. And I'm looking at our intern, Lauren, who's here. Like, we forget that you're in college, that you've never been in this setting before. Like, we're so Mm -hmm. caught up in our own SHIT, right? (laughs) Like, that we don't see, like, we forget that you haven't been trained in this, or you don't know what we're talking about, or we're talking about a folder that you've never seen or accessed in your life, or you don't know how to use our project management system, or like, whatever it is. And we do this with um, 
new team members too, is you forget what people know and you definitely forget what they don't know. So don't be afraid right. of like raising your hand or how whatever you need to do to say very politely, I'd love to learn this new system. I'd love to help out with this. I just haven't been trained on it. Is there an opportunity for me to sit down with someone and, you know, kind of learn the basics here so I can get up to speed, right? So you don't want to just say, well, I don't know how to do that door close, right? You want to say it in a positive way. But don't be afraid to call that out because I think a lot of employers are guilty of forgetting what people don't know. Right. Great question, though. Thanks so much for calling in. We appreciate it. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Hi. Sorry. No worries. We're so glad this is working out. Um, so this is Lauren Berger. Hi, I'm excited to chat with you. And uh, Marisol, who you know well, is here. Our intern queen intern, Lauren, is here. And then our special guest is Angela, who's the uh, senior recruiter for FabFitFun, which you've probably seen on Instagram because all the celebrities yeah. pose with it. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us you know, where you go to school and your name, and um, then just dive into your question. Yeah, definitely. So, hi, you guys. I'm Olivia. I'm a sophomore at the University of Minnesota. So, there's snow and it's like 30 degrees here, which is because it's April. Um, but, yeah, so I'm studying business. And right now, I work as a tour guide um, for the University of Minnesota. So, yeah. I give tours oh, cool. to all the like prospective students who are thinking about coming here um, or attending our university. So, my question was. Um, usually when I'm like, you know, it's a very customer service job and like when I'm dealing with, you know, tons of different people from all around the country and like, um, sometimes I get just like very rude reactions or just like people who are not, um, friendly or very disrespectful or, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't get, um, paid for our job or anything like that or, um, just, you know, like just people who aren't appreciative of all we're doing for them and things like that That's for the free service they yeah. get from our university. Yeah. Yeah. So how do I kind of go about like approaching that? Cause it's, you know, they're coming to us, but it's also like, we're doing such a nice thing for them by showing them around and things like that. But how do I go about like when I get rude comments or, you know, snarky results or things like that? It's like you're a magician dealing with hecklers in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That, well, I think depending on how the comment is, how loud it is, how big the group is, and how, like, if everyone heard it, if it's something under their breath, if it's something that continues to happen, I think it it is appropriate to tell, like, sir or whoever female it is, like, hey, like... yeah, no, this is very tough. Um, yeah, I think you're right though. Pulling, pulling, <laughs> pulling the rude person essentially yeah, like, hey, right listen, aside. Like, if I you understand, need to. and I think it's trying to sympathize with them. At the end of the day, when people are angry or something is going on, they just want to feel like they're being heard. And it's seeing like mm-hmm. I don't know if someone's like, "Why aren't we getting to the bathroom yet?" Or "How long is this tour?" Right? Why is this taking so yeah. long? Like, sir, like I get it. Well, it's only twenty minutes. It's trying to address like whatever need that they have. Or it's like, oh, here's a bench. Why don't you sit here and the, we're going to finish the tour? and you can join us back when they're ready. So it's trying Mm -hmm. to at least just feel like you're listening. I understand how you're feeling. I get it. It's a long (laughs) tour, um, depending whatever the situation is. And try not to single out too much where 
looks like everyone's watching, everyone's staring, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, doing mm-hmm. your best as you're walking and talking and be like, hey, like, is there, do, do you need something? Do you want a water? How can I hear the student union? Oh my God, do people even use the word student union? They anymore? do. I'm they like, do. So I was at the yeah. student yeah. union the other day. <laughs> they do. Um, like, do, like, do you need a water? Do you need a snack? I know I always get cranky like right. when I'm hungry. Right. Um, oh. So it's just trying to diffuse the situation. I always like to use humor. Maybe it's having everyone do like the fight song of the school or calling out. <laughs> maybe you're seeing someone walking like, hey, how about you? What's your major? What's this? And it's trying to like maybe okay. pivot the conversation so it's not still dwelling. Like, oh, we're not to the next building yet. Oh, this guy still has to go to the bathroom or. Yeah. Okay. I agree. And then um, I wrote down a couple as as, uh, you guys were talking, I made some notes. So it actually sort of reminds me of when I'm doing public speaking and speaking to a crowd (laughs) and I have like one guy who's sleeping in the back or two girls who are gossiping and everyone can hear them. And I'm trying to do a speech on internships. So um, just a couple (laughs) pointers for you. I think one is, and, and Angela touched on a lot of these, like one is just setting the agenda and kind of the expectation at the beginning. So when I talk at colleges, I'll always say, hey, guys, this is going to be 30 to 40 minutes of me talking. And then we're going to go into questions just so they know what they're in for, because a lot of people sign Mm -hmm. up for things or show up to tours and they have no idea when it ends. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes because their expectations aren't managed in terms of their time, they start chitter chattering or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one point. The second point, and Angela kind of said this, too, is tell them what to do if they don't want to participate. So, you know, throughout the tour, if you're feeling tired, like Angela said, go sit on a bench. If you're hungry, you can go get a snack. If you just really don't want to be here, feel free to walk away whenever you want. But kind of giving them that out at the beginning, (laughs) you know, so that they don't feel like they're they're held hostage because you're not. And then the third thing is I would just focus your energy on the people that are engaged with you. Whenever I I speak at a school, it's always awkward. The Career Center never knows how many people are going to show up. And I always say to them, (laughs) if there's 300 people or if there's three people like whoever's there the engaged ones the ones who show up and want to be here are going to have a great time and again when there's people gossiping or boys sleeping or whatever it is like (laughs) I try not to get too in my head about them sometimes I stare at them and like play a game with myself but um (laughs) I try not to do that and uh you know you just focus on the people that want to give want to be there and the people who you're giving energy to and are giving that same energy back to you like focus on them and really focus on giving them a positive experience really good advice thank Yay. you yeah <laughs> well you're doing a great so job much, i'm yeah, sure yeah keep it up what a great experience it sounds like something really cool to put on your resume and uh thanks for Super calling fun. into the show we appreciate it yes thank you guys so much have a great rest of your day thank you thanks, thanks. Well, Angela, thank you so much for being here today. I feel like we covered so much in the world of conflict. I'm sure our listeners are thinking about all of their experiences being involved in the conflict, being in charge of the conflict, just seeing the conflict. So we we definitely touched on it from a lot of different angles. So thank you so much for joining us on Get It Together. And I will talk to you guys next week. And as usual, if you guys need anything, please reach out to us on Instagram at internqueen. Or, because we have three, at Official Career Queen or my personal Instagram, at Official Lauren Berger. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. <laughs>